Now, our Bible reading this morning is continuing our series in the uh, Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 19 and verses 16 through to 30, uh, and it's entitled The Rich and the Kingdom of God. Uh, And John Stronach is going to come and read that for us this morning. The Rich and the Kingdom of God. Just then, a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? he inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony, honour your father and mother, and love your neighbour as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then... Come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad, because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers or sisters, or father or mother, or wife or children, or feels for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. This is the word of the Lord. Now if you do have your Bible there, let's turn back to Matthew chapter 19 and think about this passage this morning. If I were a rich man. Does that know what Tevye sings in the musical Fiddler on the Roof? If I were a rich man, I'm not going to sing it for you uh, this morning. Some of you are very glad uh, about that. But for some people, that's the ultimate ambition, isn't it? Simply to be rich. Because the feeling is that if you are rich, then you can buy what you want without worry. 
that you wouldn't have to work anymore and that you could just take life easy. That's some people's ultimate ambition, isn't it? Just to be rich. And if that were not the case, then why do so many people play the national lottery every week? Now, in today's passage in Matthew, we see Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. And as he goes along his way, uh, there are crowds uh, which are are following him. And we we saw last week that people were stopping Jesus uh, as he's on the way to Jerusalem. And they were getting him to to lay hands on on their children, uh, which Jesus was happy to do, to bless the children. But here, uh, in Matthew 19 and 16 and onwards, the, the scene shifts a little bit. And here a man comes up to Jesus. And it seems that at a surface level that he's vexed. Because he comes to Jesus and he asks, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Now, that, that is a good question, isn't it? If I was walking down West Kilbride Main Street and someone came up to me and said, well, what good thing must I, must I do to get eternal life? I'd be like, yes, a spiritual question and not just someone asking about the weather. Brilliant, it would be wonderful. What a great question. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not sure that I would have expected Jesus' response here. It's actually quite an interesting response. It's worth meditating on having a think about. Because notice that Jesus focuses on the word good. Did you notice that? On the word good. Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus asks. And he goes on to explain there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. And so Jesus lays his stall out straight off, suggesting that God is the only one who is good. And to enter eternal life, then you have to keep the commandments. But the man wants to continue this dialogue because clearly in his life, he is dissatisfied. And it seems to me that he's, he's looking for something in his life. But he's not finding it. And so he asks Jesus, which ones, which, which of the commandments do I have to keep to gain eternal life? Now I wonder if he asks that question because he's afraid that he's missed out one of the commands. And if he finds out which one it is, then he'll feel fulfillment. Then he'll know that he has eternal life. And if he's missed one, then he'll be kicking himself. And so Jesus lists some of the Ten Commandments. Now, interestingly, and I hope you noticed this this morning, that it's all the commandments about how we should treat one another. Often when I'm speaking to the boys' brigade about the Ten Commandments, you see the Ten Commandments are split into two groups, really. The first four are about our relationship with God. The last six are about our relationship with one another. Now, did you notice all the commandments Jesus mentions are about how we treat one another? And then he also quotes a verse from Leviticus. Love your neighbor as yourself. So those are the commandments that Jesus says and Jesus mentions. Now the young man says, well, well, I've kept. I've kept all these commandments. But still he feels lacking. 
And I think, if we're honest, that this might be a common experience. Because it seems to me that this man is is trying to live a good life. And people in society today, generally speaking, I think, try to live a good life because they feel that's the best way to live and they want to do what is right. And yet they still feel that emptiness inside. Maybe that's your experience. I think this is the case with this, this young man. He knew he was lacking something. It was just out of his grasp. He just couldn't reach it. And he wanted to know how to find it because he's dissatisfied. I've kept all these commandments. I still don't get it. I still don't feel as though I've got eternal life. That's why he came to Jesus in the first place. So what's Jesus' solution? Well, it's to challenge the man's heart. And to see what he holds most dearly. And in this case, it's the man's wealth. Now note here, this is the only time I think that Jesus says to someone to sell their possessions and to follow him. That's not necessarily a pattern for for people to follow. This is not Jesus saying that we all should sell all our possessions and we should all live as monks and nuns. That's not what Jesus is saying. But the key thing that Jesus is getting at is to see what the man holds most dear and whether he's willing to let it go. That's the point. And so he says to the man to sell his possessions and to come and to follow him. Now I want to say to you this morning, is there a sadder verse in the whole of Scripture than verse 22? This is a really sad verse. You ought to be weeping at this verse this morning. Because when the man hears what Jesus has to say, he goes away sad because he has great wealth. Is that not sad? That's an awful verse. Because this man who's so desperate to have eternal life, he just can't do it. He has all this wealth and he just can't give it up. And so he goes away sad. And Jesus says it's hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. And it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. That's quite something, isn't it? Now, you might have heard it in in sermons or reading in a book that when Jesus was speaking about the camel and the eye of the needle, that there was a, a gate in the wall at Jerusalem called the Needle Gate, and that a, a camel would have to bow down to get through. That's a load of rubbish, incidentally. Okay, that is just myth. There was never a needle gate. That never happened. Jesus' words are a metaphor, pure and simple, as a camel trying to get through a needle. Now, I don't know about you, I was terrible at needlework at school. The teacher used to shout at me. And usually it was because this tiny thread, and I couldn't get it through the eye of the needle. Now, I don't know about you, I haven't got a camel with me this morning, but if we tried to get a camel through an eye of a needle, do you think we'd manage? Of course we wouldn't. It's impossible. And that's Jesus' point, isn't it? It's humanly impossible. Now, remember here that the disciples have been struggling with the idea of greatness in the kingdom. And remember that the disciples have been jostling for position. 
trying to work out which one of them is the, the greatest. In a couple of weeks' time, we'll see uh, the mother of James and John saying to Jesus, can they sit at your right and left in the kingdom of heaven? They're constantly trying to work out which of them is, is the greatest. And constantly, Jesus has been saying to them that actually to be part of the kingdom is about childlike obedience and faith. Now, when the disciples see this rich man, a man of status because of his wealth, and they see him going away sad, and they hear Jesus saying, well, you know, it's hard for the you know, rich people to enter the kingdom of heaven. And it's, you know, it's like you know, a camel going through the eye of a needle. Then the disciples, are, their mind is blowing. You can just see it, can't you? The, kind of, the, slow, the realization. Because the disciples wonder, well, here's a man of status. He's a man of importance. And yet look at him. He's gone away and he's gone away sad. Who therefore can be saved? If the rich can't be saved, who can? They still don't get it, do they? And then Peter, so often the spokesman, he pipes up. Jesus, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? But Jesus makes it clear that when we put God first, then you'll never suffer loss. That it will be more than worth it. And that these disciples will receive a hundred times as much and eternal life. That's a good deal, isn't it? They'll receive a hundred times as much and eternal life. It will be well worth it. That's what Jesus is saying. Now, there are two things that I want to think about from this passage today. The first is this. Are you willing to follow Jesus? That's the first question. Are you willing to follow Jesus? Are you willing to forsake all things to follow him? You see, I think that probably one of the reasons, certainly in the West, certainly in in our own country, certainly here in West Kilbride, one of the reasons that people don't think about faith or they dismiss faith is because they're comfortable. They don't have to rely on God. But the reality is that they will suffer loss. They will not enter the kingdom. You see, going back to what Jesus said to the, to the rich young man, it's interesting that the commandments that Jesus highlighted with the rich young man, isn't it? You see, the Ten Commandments that Jesus didn't mention were all about God. What's the first commandment? You shall have no other gods before me. Looked at that with the children last week. What's the second commandment? You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or in the earth beneath or in the waters below. And though Jesus says to the man to love his neighbor as himself, he doesn't mention loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You see, what I want you to see is the young man was willing to live a good life, a moral life, but he was unwilling to put God first. That's Jesus' point. And the question for us this morning is, are we? 
You see, most of us, if we're honest, live pretty comfortable lives. I'm not saying that life is necessarily easy for us all of the time. But we live pretty comfortable lives. Therefore, do we really see our need of God? Do we really need God? You see, if this is you today, look and look carefully at the rich young man. What happened with him? He had all the riches in the world. And yet, what happened? He went away sad. I don't want you to go away sad this morning. Don't leave this place today in mourning. Because you don't know what it is to be part of the kingdom of heaven. I want you to leave this place rejoicing. Rejoicing because you understand what faith is about. And you understand that when you have Jesus, then truly you have everything. You see, Jesus' kingdom is an upside-down kingdom, isn't it? Where the first will be last and last will be first. And that's the second thing. You see, when you believe in Jesus, you will never miss out. You'll never miss out. In fact, you will be rich beyond compare. I wonder if, as as Christians, if you're a Christian here this morning, do you truly believe that? So often, we are attracted by the wealth in the world. That's why so many people play the national lottery, because they think it will solve all their problems. Quite often, sadly, in the church today, we hear about prosperity gospel. It's about, you know, building up wealth here on earth. And, you know, if you've got wealth here on earth and God is blessing you, how wrong that is. Because it's when you put God first, when you trust in Jesus, that you are rich beyond compare. If you're a Christian here this morning, do you know that you're a millionaire? In fact, you're a billionaire? You're rich beyond compare. Do we believe that as Christians this morning? Do we truly believe it's worth being a Christian? You see, in the world, people think it's boring being a Christian, that it isn't worth it. Why should we bother? Because it's just all about rules. It's about being a killjoy. You know, how can you put God first? You should put yourself first. That's what the world says. But if you're a Christian here today, you know that whilst life can be hard, as it can be for anyone and everyone, that you will never miss out when you follow Jesus. You'll never miss out. It may be that you've given up a lot to follow Jesus, just like the disciples had, but you'll never miss out when you follow Jesus. Never. And the promise is, that you will have treasure in heaven a hundred times more for what you've lost and you will inherit eternal life. The very thing that the young man was looking for. You see, the choice is stark, isn't it? Have wealth here on earth, worship that as an idol and suffer loss for an eternity, never entering the kingdom. Or following Jesus, suffering loss in the eyes of the world, and yet receiving a hundred times as much and entering the kingdom and eternity forever. 
You say, do you want to be rich here on earth? Millions do. Or do you want to be rich in the kingdom of heaven? I know what I would rather choose. What about you?